Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Jim Rosati. Happy Monday, Jim. Happy Monday. Good morning. Hope you all had a good weekend. Did you have a good weekend, Jim? It was fine. That's good. Yeah. We're glad you did. We hoped you did as well. Yeah. It was good. You know, every morning you're wishing everyone a happy weekend, and no one wishes you that you had one. So that's true. I'm here for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, that said, I did as well, because um, you know I live in Jacksonville, Florida, and it's eighty-five degrees, so that's nice. It was nice here. It was like sunny and in the fifties all weekend. So, like, I'll take that all day. And then Saturday we had baseball. We did. We did have baseball. It's glorious. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I am excited for baseball, and. Like I put on Twitter and whatever. I don't care. You're going to make fun of me for saying this, but I'm not prepared for baseball at all. Like that's, that was my biggest takeaway. I feel like from Saturday's game was watching baseball and sitting here and thinking, holy hell, I'm not ready. (laughs) Not, not for this stuff, not for what we do. I'll put it that way. Yeah. um, I guess for you, you like, having time in between pitches so you can do your stupid we'll, we'll, Twitter we'll talk stuff about that too. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, a little bit quicker game now. I, I love it. I love it. The pitch clock. I ran a poll last night, actually, just, uh, just to kind of get the vibe, Jim. What do our followers think of this pitch clock? So, uh, we had 408 votes. Um, 58% said they like it. 16% say they don't like it. And then 26 said they're undecided. And I feel like that's that's probably about right. The majority that, like I'm actually it. I'm actually kind of impressed with the 26% too. To like not like in this day and age, like not have an opinion about opinion about something right away. That's like taking point. their time to decide on whether or not they like it. That's right. How mature of those 26%? That's funny. But that's yeah, not me. Point. Not me. I couldn't do that. I need to have an opinion right away. <laughs> well. What was your opinion then, Jim? I love it. 100% huge fan of it. I uh, I do too. I guess here's my opportunity to say my side of it. I like it for MLB. I think it's it's really good for the game. Like you said, the games, it's, it's, it's constant. There's no delay, no break in the action. It's just pitches up, pitches up, pitches up. You know, for me on this end, uh, doing NS9 stuff, I don't like it. I hate it. <laughs> it. It's so, so listen, I mean, how I watch, like envision myself, how I watch a game when I'm like doing this stuff, right? When I'm just sitting down watching the game. Perfect. Right. Doing North Shore nine stuff. I'm watching a game. I got stack cast up. I got Twitter up. I have my photos up, right? I'm getting ready to post a meme, a video. I'm checking the stack cast. Like the thing about, before this even right i mean stack cast is like a little bit of a delay so you see the ball hit 
And I'm like, okay, I can't put this tweet out yet because I want to see what the exit velocity was. So you get a little bit of delay. Stat cast is up. Boom, tweets out. Now, for one, I can't, like, I feel like I don't have all that. By the time I'm doing half of that, the next pitch is out. And I'm like, I don't, what, what just happened? So I missed the pitch. And then secondly, like I said, the, the delay in StatCast now is like into the second or maybe third pitch. So you can't like delay your tweet now to wait for this information. I'm not ready. I don't know. I got to like redo everything. I think the people, you know, the people. Yes, not us. The people not can wait. Wayne. The people can wait one or two pitches for your for your tweet. I guess. And it's going to be just fine. Again, that's just that's just where I was. <laughs> like, like I'm just I'm always doing stuff. That, the benefit of the delay, yeah, with with everything is I have time to do everything I want to do. Right, even text you guys and say, "Hey, did you see X Y Z?" Not anymore. You won't yeah. be able to see that next pitch. I mean, that thing is flying. So that's all. That's my little stupid rant. But maybe we should actually get into the show. Yeah. <laughs> that works. Like I'm sick of this shit. No, that was um no, I mean it's a it's a very relevant topic that I, I think uh everybody has some sort of an opinion on. Um, you know, we put on our on our you know our thriving NS9 TikTok page, right? We put the 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 first clip and the video went viral, Donardo. So a lot of people had opinions. Yeah. For your pitch clock, I'll say yeah, what three hundred sixty thousand. It was no two point two million like your other. But... Yeah, yeah. All right, Jim. Enough talking about you. Let's get into the show. So we're gonna do something a little bit different this year. Um, to try to keep Starbucks into like about a thirty-minute show, and of course, it's called Starbucks. So like we theme it up a little bit. We're gonna have three segments, right? Our three shots: a single shot, double shot, triple shot. Let's go into our very first segment to our single shot. So, <clears throat> very first topic of the day. Mitch Keller. Jimothy. We've had a lot of talk about Mitch Keller over the past many, many years. Uh, this year was a little bit different, right? He came off a very successful season. And what is Mitch Keller going to look like in 2023? So we saw his first start in spring training. Now, I'll be at spring training, right? It is what it is. But, Jim, we saw Mitch Keller's first start in spring training. And I was left kind of impressed. So what do you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to first to spring training appearances, I don't think you could have asked for much more than what we saw out of Mitch Keller. Uh, shows up with a new pitch. You know, he's now got this six-pitch arsenal, apparently. Um, StatCast actually is giving him seven pitches now. Right. Um, and and so, yeah, I mean, it, he, he threw a bunch of different pitches. I, I think the biggest thing that I saw, and I talked about it a little bit on the postgame show on Saturday, but um, attacking the zone. Like, that was the kind of the one, you know, pre-end of May Mitch Keller last year, you know, we saw him kind of lack confidence. There was no lack of confidence in that first start on Saturday. He was attacking hitters and he was attacking good hitters. Like the blue Jays put out a pretty decent lineup uh, to start off the game. You know, he was facing Vladimir Guerrero. He was facing um, Santiago Espinal. He was facing uh, Dalton Barshow, right? So he was facing a lot of blue Jays regulars 
and he attacked them through strikes, got ahead of them. And when you get ahead of major league hitters, you make their job a lot more difficult. Uh, and so, yeah, a very smooth, easy two innings of work out of Mitch Keller in his spring training debut. A lot of cutters, a lot of fastballs, sinkers, changeup, slider, curveball, sweeper is what, you know, StatCast is giving him now. So, yeah, like kudos to Keller for just kind of just working on his craft and getting better and better. Like he completely he, – he seems like he's completely turned his career around. And I know it's just two innings in spring training. But from what we saw last year and then what we're seeing now, he doesn't look like the guy he used to be. This is what spring training is all about, to get hyped up over just simply two innings of pitching. And that is what Mitch Keller has done. I mean, I, I'm just – I'm with you. Like, I get it. I understand it. Now, I guess let's temper things down a bit and just say it, it is just two innings. I want to see more, but there's reasons why you want to see more. I mean, last year we saw all the training videos from Mitch Keller, him pumping that fastball 100 miles an hour. And I think between you and I here on the show, just to revisit last year, we said, cool, but is that going to translate into the game? Like that wasn't really his problem. You know, he just, he wasn't a pitcher. So throwing hundred miles an hour doesn't seem like it's going to fix Mitch color, but I'm hopeful. Let's see what happens. It didn't change anything, Jim. It wasn't until he added and incorporated the sinker last year that things started to change this year. It's different. Like this year, seeing this stuff makes me feel even better. Like this to me says maybe Mitch color is going to improve again, just two innings. I get it. But I'm just for these two innings, I'm left hopeful saying I'm very intrigued about Mitch Keller right now for this year. I need to see more of this. That cutter, like you said, being added, plus with everything else he has. And again, we know he's a student of the game. Like we understand how much Mitch Keller studies this and everything. So I don't know. Like I was a little bit worried with like the banning of the shift, how that could affect Mitch Keller. And now I'm kind of feeling like maybe he's finding ways to actually get hitters out via strikeout opposed to contact. Yeah, and I think think there's still plenty of ways to get hitters out with contact, too. You just induce weak contact shouldn't really be much of an issue. Uh, We saw that. (laughs) Yeah, right. So we saw that. Um, Yeah, I'd love to see more of him throughout – Throughout spring training, I have to imagine as where you know where we sit right now, Mitch Keller is probably your opening day starter in Cincinnati. I would I would expect that to be the case. Um, I think he's earned it. I think he deserves it. Fastball velocity was up too, and you usually don't typically see that in like a first spring training start. But his uh, his his sinker was up a mile, you know, one full mile per hour as it was from last year. His four seam fastball was up a half a mile per hour, but not good. Excellent, excellent outing from Mitch Keller to start spring training. And, you know, he's showing us new stuff that we hadn't seen before. And so far, so good. Yeah. And I hate to be the guy like the psychologist, but like he just seems to be very, very confident. Even like hearing him talk on the broadcast everywhere else, like he just seems he seems very confident. That's what you want to see as well. It's like this guy, I feel like is things are really starting to click, hopefully. But so far, it seems it for Mitch Keller. All it took was a 
having his back up against the wall last year at one point, and you know he kind of dug himself out of it. And I think the fact that he was able to kind of make a turnaround, it's gotta gotta be gotta be a confident building for him, for sure. All right. Um, anything else about Mitch Keller? This damn cat. I don't know what this cat you, is doing. Do you feed your animals? I, I it... probably not. You don't, do you? I do. I'm actually the one who usually feeds them. I don't know what this cat's doing. <laughs> we'll move on then. Let's get to our second segment, our double shot. Two shots. Waking up a little bit here now, Jim. There we go. So it's that time of the year. Right, everyone's in camp. Bob Nutting's in town. He's there at the games. He's on AT&T Sports Center for his yearly appearance. And we just talk about Mitch Keller. So I don't know. Is it extension season? Yes, <laughs> it should be. Um, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it should be. We just saw. Um, we'll get to it later in the show. But you know, there was a big extension. You know, on the other side of the country uh, yesterday, but. Yeah, the Pirates have a few people who we could be talking extensions with. I think Keller's one of them. I, I probably, I'm not sure if I'm there yet with Keller, but you know, you could probably start talking about that. But I mean, the two main ones obviously are Brian Reynolds. <laughs> um, you know, that's been the story all off season. And then, I mean, O'Neill Cruz. You've got to, you, you've got to think O'Neill Cruz. If O'Neill Cruz does what we think he's capable of doing this season it's going to be too late to sign him to an extension after this, this season, you know? So it's like, do we start those conversations now? Those conversations hopefully have already started. If they haven't, then, you know, we're right. We're kind of in trouble. Um, but the pirates payroll, I'm looking at Ethan's chart right now. It's sitting at $73 million, $73.2 million. Right. Um, which means they've got, They've got room here to be creative with stuff. Like, I think we can all agree that, you know, Brian Reynolds, where we're with the information that we have, he, he wants eight years, right? He wants somewhere in that $125, $130 million range. And there's a lot of people who, are, you know, say they don't want to be paying Brian Reynolds that much money when he's 35, 36 years old, whatever it may be, right? Well, guess what? You don't have to like get create, get a little bit creative with this stuff. You got a $73 million payroll right now. If you can, you can sign Reynolds to an eight year, $125 million deal. Give him 50 of that in the next two years, your payroll still sub 95 million. Right. And then once those two years are up, you basically have them for six seventy five, six years, 75 million, you know, going forward, which he's easily worth that. Right. I think we can all agree that. So, you don't have to pay him 18, 19, 20 million dollars when he's when he's 35, 36 years old. You've got plenty of room in your payroll right now to make stuff happen. You could front load a Brian Reynolds deal. You could front load an O'Neill Cruz deal and still have plenty of room so that four or five years from now, when you want to add other players to this mix, or if you want to extend other players. You have that you have that money because they've got they've got the room to play right now. They can play right now and add to this payroll this year. 
because they they're, they're certainly capable of it. $73 million payroll right now. That's nowhere near where it needs to be. No. And this is like what drives me crazy. First off, the people talking about they don't want to they, they don't want to pay Brian Reynolds, you know, eight years and stuff. That's that's a going rate for baseball. I mean, you're seeing contracts all over the place. Like my problem and issue is if you're worried about Brian Reynolds in eight years, but like not caring about how he could help this team from today till like through through five, maybe six years, like what's the point? Like we understand too and we see it. And the reason we're here is because the Pirates wanted to buck the trend. Baseball runs in cycles, okay? Especially if you're a small market. It runs in cycles. So here's the idea. If you're worried about how Brian Reynolds is going to be playing and performing in eight years as well, that's probably your next rebuild. So capitalize and maximize from today through the next six years. And that's what that presents. You know, and here's the thing, like he might not like that still could be valuable. And like you're saying, for the reasons that you could just get creative with that contract, kind of like what they did with Cabrian Hayes, which is ridiculously cheap. And that's what the Hayes contract presents you. It says, hey, you can go ahead and have other extensions. You can sign people because this is a bottom of the floor extension. Like he is only going to max out at eight million dollars when your window should be here. You know, when the window of this Pirates team should present itself based off of the way you've rebuilt. If you are looking to compete, Cabrian Hayes will maximize at $8 million. That is pathetically low. But regardless, that is also because last year it was front-loaded. Like, he was making $10 million and such. Like, that's what it did. That's why it was a big win. It was a win because many people like us felt that's undervalued. That's very team-friendly. And it was a big win, too, because of how it was creatively structured. So do the same with Brian Reynolds, like you said. So make this year a little bit more than you would so you're not so worried or uncomfortable about his eighth year. Eight-year 130 is not out of the realm of MLB contracts. Like, that's that's a very – I'm not going to say team-friendly, but that's that's a comfortable contract that any team should be able to, to manage. Any team. Literally every – it is an embarrassment that you're arguing over a $100 million contract right now, which we'll get to a little bit further. But, yes, extension season, that should happen for Brian Reynolds. Getting back to Cruz and Keller, um, I don't know, like, what the talks would be for Keller, but I feel like what you're talking with about Cruz, I kind of feel like with Keller, too, not so much that, like, if he has a good season this year, it's done, but I feel like this – and maybe it's coming off the two innings. So again, like, am I using <laughs> Yeah, like how good, how good is Keller going to be? But, you know, seeing last year, I felt more comfortable extending him. And it's just now seeing all the things on top of my comfort level. It's almost like maybe you better get it done now before Mitch Keller goes lights out and really solidifies. Again, I feel like even with Cruz, it's stupid and stop talking about it's too late. It's not too late. You just sign him for his value then. And I just think like Mitch Keller's value could increase this year. So maybe now is a good time, but I could understand why you're uneasy because Mitch Keller's pass isn't the strongest either. Right. Yeah. I, I think I still am more comfortable seeing one more year out of Keller. Like okay. let's see one more year. He's still under team control for, you know, if you include this year, 
2023, 2024, 2025. Mm-hmm. So like, we're not in a hurry here. We don't have to extend them right away. Um, and then also with pitchers, I just I'm just less comfortable with pitcher extensions than I am hitter extensions, just because of the likelihood that a pitcher can just lose an entire year. You know, right. um, so That's it's fair. like, do we want to hold off on that extension as long as possible? Because Keller hasn't had Tommy John yet. Right. Not that I'm aware of. No. And, and, and I get not all pitchers get Tommy John, but most do <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a thing that most pitchers have to have once during their careers. Right. So it's like Keller's 26. Now, is he going to get it in the next three years? You know, if he does, it might make sense to, to wait. <laughs> But for everyone listening can, to the show, I, I know that's, that's blame kind Jim. Of morbid. It's morbid talk right here. But I mean, you got it. That's something that you have to think about with pitchers. Um, you know, as as much as it sucks to talk about something like that, because it happens more often than it doesn't. No, you're right. You're so right. So I'm just I'm a little less like unless you're unless you're coming at me with this guy's an ace. Like this guy's gonna be really good for a while. Like Garrett Cole, I would have been comfortable signing to an extension, right? <clears throat> no matter when during the course of his career, just because you kind of knew he was really good, right? Keller, I I think he's good. I think he can put up some like really good seasons. I think he'll be a decent pitcher in the majors for a while. I don't know. I don't know where we value that at, right? So like, I don't know where we would be at with an extension talk for Keller. I'd have to kind of look a little bit more into it, but. That's always kind of in the back of my mind with pitchers who haven't had Tommy John yet. Mm-hmm. No, that I mean that's absolutely fair. Like I totally get that. Trust me. Um, but I think what, what Mitch does present is he he's going to be the vet. Like he will be the vet here soon. Um, and like it's not that he needs to be a number one or number two guy, but I think we're seeing that he can pitch. He's a starter. And it wouldn't be bad to have him here through the next, again, four or five years, opposed to just two more additional years or such. Um, but right, like you could be hesitant. And there's like, I'm not going to say this this farm's flooded with like top end pitching, but there is a lot of arms coming up. So maybe like Mitch Keller is a type where you're like, you know what, we can just kind of figure it out. Like after this year, we'll find out if we want to or not. And if not, it's not the hardest, it's not the biggest hurt because we already have all these arms coming. And then there's stuff in the lower minors as well. You know, maybe you can make a trade here or there. We're like outfield, like Brian Reynolds is like, there's there's nothing, it's bare in, you know, in, in that department. So extending Brian Reynolds makes a lot of sense because it's not like there's much coming up to replace him where Mitch Keller could maybe do so. So I get that. Um, but to O'Neill Cruz, I mean, yes, I would love to see an extension today. I, I think it makes like I am a believer in O'Neill Cruz. I understand what he did last year. Um, but I, I just want to say too, like, I don't like to talk of if he does what he's going to do this year, it's too late. It's not too late. You just have to now extend him to that market value. Right. And you can still do that because you have a $75 million payroll and you're choosing not to give Brian Reynolds any of that chunk. Yeah. I guess when I mean, if he, you know, I mean, we talked about O'Neill Cruz in 30, 30, the last time I think we got together, right? Yeah. If he goes 30, 30, 
you can still extend them, but the asking price is going to be a lot higher, right? I don't know. I if if I'm Ben Charrington right now, like I I, I am working to extend Brian Reynolds, but extending O'Neill Cruz is my number one priority. Like locking him up and making sure he's in a Pirates uniform for as long as possible mm-hmm. is my number one priority as the Pirates general manager. And I think, um, you know, I kind of, I, I tweeted this out yesterday. I didn't talk about it too much, but you know, the Wander Franco deal, Wander signed, uh, you know, last off season, 11 years, $182 million. Um, Wander's a little bit younger than Cruz. Wander, you know, was a better prospect coming up than Cruz, more of a sure thing. Right. Um, but I think both have similar ceilings. I think you could definitely argue oh, Wander's yeah. floor is way higher than Cruz's. Right. But Wander's ceiling and Cruz's ceiling are probably pretty similar. So Wander, 11 years, $182 million. I mean, I think if you offer Cruz like something somewhat similar to that, doesn't have to be that high, maybe, and maybe try to get an extra year out of it. I, I put out 12 years, $180 million. 12 years, $180 million for Cruz. That locks him up till he's 35. <laughs> Like, and that's not spending a whole lot of money on them. Like that's like, if I were GM, that's what I'm, that's, I'm trying to get Cruz to sign that deal right now. And if you're O'Neill Cruz, I don't see why you wouldn't. You're going from zero guaranteed money right now to 180 million guaranteed dollars over the course of your next 12 years. Yeah. I just like, I don't know how to like react to that because that's a lot. I mean, again, that's, that's, that's huge. And I don't know like Cruz's mindset. I don't know. Well, I know the Pirates mindset. <laughs> it um, takes two to tango. You're right. But like, does it even need to get to 180? It, like that's where I'm at. Like, I feel like that's fair. Like for everything you're talking about, but could it even be for like 11, 150? Maybe. I mean, you let's, know, and Cruz let's is be like, real. He still hasn't put up. Wander has put up two better seasons than than Cruz has put up in a single season, and mm-hmm. Wander's twenty one. So if we're if and we're kind like of there's a lot of risk, yeah. with Cruz, you know, and like if you if you're throwing one hundred fifty million dollars at me, like that's that's why like these young extensions make a lot of sense, and like they look to be team friendly because a lot of uncertainty. Of course, we're getting paid nothing right now, so it's like if you throw one hundred fifty million dollars at me, like how do I say no to that? Even though if I don't, there's a there's an opportunity that I can make two hundred fifty million dollars in my career. But like you're giving me one hundred fifty million dollars today, let me sign. <laughs> let me yeah, go. Ahead I mean, Cruz that. is making seven hundred twenty-five thousand dollars right now. Um, he wasn't like a huge bonus signing on the international market. He got, I mean, he got almost a million dollars. But you know, I mean, you're looking at the course. I mean, when he's in the minors, he's making you know thirty grand, right? So he's not making anything. So yeah, you throw 150 million dollars in front of O'Neill Cruz right now. It'd be hard to say no. Right. So it's like getting back to your point, like that's what this year presents. Like doing an extension right now is maybe that 150 looks very enticing. But at the end of this year, if he like you said, if he does have a 30-30, and also too, like think about like what Cruz does and how ARB values players. Like Cruz could end up being not a very high war player this year. Like he could strike out a lot and, you know, end up being like, again, not high, but like a two word player, which is like, eh, you know, whatever every day. But if he has a 30, 30 season and like 80 RBIs, like Arb's going to love that type of stuff. So he's going to get paid regardless, even though he might not be a performing type of player. 
So again, like there's reason that you might want to look to extend him right now. Um, I'm with it. Again, like I'm a Cruz believer. I understand like his weaknesses, but the dude, the dude's good. Like the dude can easily be a good player and still have a lot of opportunities. It's like, can he be a really good player? Yeah, I mean, by signing them to that, you're putting a lot of faith in them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like, because yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of fluctuation in like what O'Neill Cruz could become, right? Like, he could, at a minimum, I think <laughs> he could be just a, like a power hitting designated hitter, right? At one point in his career, right? Or you, he could be this freak Aaron Judge shortstop, right? That's that's like it could be between that and then anything in between. So, um. But, but again, like you look at that number and you're locked. If you can lock him up that long, what was it? 11 years, 150 is what you threw out. Mm-hmm. It's what, $13 million a year. That's what I'm saying. And, and 15 years or 15, but <laughs> yeah, like 11 that's, years from yeah, now. Yeah, that's it's nothing. It's right. nothing. It, it really isn't. Like that's, again, where we're getting at. Like it's not a whole lot of money. It's a lot to me and you, right? But to O'Neill, to Major League Baseball, in, in terms of yeah, salaries, even like Bob Nutting, if he doesn't, like I understand, like they're talking about the ceiling and floor, and like mm-hmm. his floor, even though it's lower than Wander's, Duke can hit thirty bombs in his sleep. I mean, if he's a two hundred hitter hitting thirty home runs, like if he's Adam Dunn, basically, <laughs> yeah, know? right. The Pirates are paying like at thirteen million dollars a decade from now. Santana, you can lose that contract. The Pirates are paying Santana and Choi eleven million dollars this year. There you go. Like just to kind of show you, like what that's what that's what thirteen million dollars gets you right now. Mm-hmm. And that's today, For, yeah. not a decade from now. Exactly. So right, you know, I don't think it's there's there's risk, but I don't think the risk is that deep in even that type of a contract. And again, you can probably move that. Like what O'Neill Cruz will end up being, even at his lower end of what he can end up being, I guarantee you can move that contract. It's not like the Polanco situation, most likely. All right. Any other extensions? No, we didn't stick to our 10 minutes per topic, though. That was a little long, yeah. So we'll go to our (laughs) triple shot. So let's get to our next topic. It's been extension season for the San Diego Padres, Jim. If uh, you aren't already in a San Diego Padre, because if you aren't, then they're just going to simply give you a contract and then extend you shortly after. Because <laughs> they out here signing everybody, Jim. And then obviously, as they're signing people, they're extending them. Uh, Manny Machado just got an 11 year, 350 million, 350, right? 350, yeah. yep. $350 million contract extension. And, you know, it seems like they're not done. Rumor rumor is they're still looking to sign Soto to some type of ridiculous contract. So, uh, yeah, the, the San Diego Padres out here spending all kinds of money, basically showing everyone in baseball that you're all liars and you have money and you can spend it. So let's yeah, talk about um, <laughs> I mean, the Padres have been out here going crazy. I think, uh, you know, you sent out a tweet yesterday that kind of compared the Pirates and the Padres payroll over the last 10 years, right? And up until 2020, the two were pretty similar. Like the Pirates and the Padres spent a very similar amount of money. Um, and then it all kind of changed. The Padres, like I said, they brought in Machado. They extended Tatis. 
They now have Soto. They signed Darvish. They signed. They got like they've just been bringing in guy after guy after guy after guy the past three years, and um, their payroll now is up to what? To it's supposed to estimate about two fifty. Two hundred fifty million dollar payroll for the San Diego yeah. Padres right now, and they were at like seventy, like four years ago. They 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 jumped that high. Um, that's so a I think familiar number. That seventy <laughs> is that where the Pirates are right now? That's exactly where the Pirates are now. Okay. I'm not asking the Pirates, and I don't think anybody's asking the Pirates to go out there and have a two hundred fifty million dollar payroll. But I think just like what this shows is the teams. The teams can make it happen if they want. That That's essentially where we're at. The teams can make it happen if they want. And the Padres spent a lot of money. And guess what happened? Their fans rewarded them. The fans came out in droves. Almost 3 million fans came to Petco Park last year. Uh, we were trying to do the math here, but um, we, we found a few different articles. But one of them said $91 per ticket on average, right? I think mm-hmm. I shortchanged it and I made it 50 But let's just let's just cut the difference. Let's say we're paying $70 a ticket in San Diego times 3 million. You know, the the Padres last year got $210 million on gate receipts, right? On top, you know, Sounds then like you get that's about a payroll. Then you get a national TV deal where you get $100 million. You get a local TV deal where you're getting maybe another 75 million. The money's there. The money's there to be made. Now, a big chunk of that is people showing up to the park. But guess what people show up to the park to see? Good baseball teams. So, the Padres went out there and they kind of reverse engineered this. They were like, we're going to increase our revenue by increasing our expenses. <laughs> right. Um, and, and I would think you, you see, would you say that's, that's called an investment. That's an investment. Right. And I think you see the same things like with the Phillies lately, the Phillies have kind of done that same thing where they, you know, the Phillies were very middling there for about a decade after they kind of won those, that world series. And, you know, all of a sudden, then they're like, "Now, nah, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna do this again." And they sign Harper, and they bring in these pitchers, and now they've got Trey Turner, and you know they put together a pretty good team. And what happens is the Phillies fans show up; they get a lot more money from their fan base, and revenues increase. Right as expenses increase, the revenues in- increase with it. So it was a, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the Padres had to kind of take a leap of faith there that you know if we build it, they will come type deal. And the Padres fans came and now you got yourself a pretty fun team. And if they can extend Juan Soto and have Tatis Machado Soto locked up for the next decade, they have nothing to worry about. <laughs> oh, Jim. You're just gonna leave I forgot about Sandra Bogarts out of the conversation. Bogarts too. Just completely forgot about. Oh yeah, that other really, really good player they have. <laughs> that's right. We're just forgetting a Xander Bogarts. Like that's where the Padres are. Xander Bogarts is. Oh yeah, that fourth guy. This is ridiculous. Now, I'm not saying it's ridiculous in the sense that a lot of people on Twitter are saying like, "Well, this is ridiculous. How can they? How can they do this? How this is." The Padres can't afford this. What are they doing? I mean, they're making the checks. Clearly, they can afford it. Can I also add something else? The Padres have Valley Sports. After everything we just talked about, Travis Solacek, they also aren't getting a uh, potentially an opening day paycheck from their local TV deal, as you just mentioned, as, as far as a source of revenue. That's a big thing. And they even said, you know what? We understand that we're not getting 
paid for our local RSN. But May Machado, here's $350 million. And we're still working on Soto. So again, like, what does that tell you? This is like what kills me, right? Like, we keep talking about baseball and how there's money and all the owners cry broke. And then, like, I know Cohen's a whole different, like, stratosphere. Like, I understand that. But, like, here's Cohen just signing checks. And everyone in baseball is getting upset about Cohen. Why, why are you mad that a guy who owns a baseball team wants to have a good baseball team? That's That sounds counterproductive. Like, no, 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 we didn't say that good. You can't be that good. Why? He's doing everything he's allowed to do. Like, if you're a Mets fan, you're excited. That's his team, his fan base. Like, that's what he should be doing. And, like, now the Padres are the same situation. Like, the Padres and the Mets are, like, breaking baseball right now. And I love every bit of it because they're just, like, disproving everything that's been said, especially since COVID, how it's heightened. Oh, we're so poor. We have no money going into the CBA. Oh, we're still so poor. We have no money. And now the San Diego Padres, whose payroll has been pretty much, I mean, if this is the Pirates, this is, like, the Padres over the entire time, now have a $250 million payroll. You ain't that broke. And like how this relates to the Pirates, I'm not asking you to spend $250 million. But you've been pocketing a lot of money over the years having this $50 million payroll, having now this $70 million payroll. It's time to do what the Padres done and invest into your club. We know that maybe not Padres level, but I mean, listen, 13 through 15, the stadium at PNC was... Was packing up. There was fans in the stands. You can capitalize on that if you would just invest, and they didn't invest then either. And we're here still haggling over one $100 million contract. Like, when are the Pirates going to get it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we'll see, because they have opportunities here right now where they can kind of show hey we've got good players we're going to spend money on them and up to this point they haven't shown us that they're capable of doing it i don't think i don't count the key brian hayes deal as really much of anything like that's the team friendliest contract that i've seen in a while it's a very very team friendly contract for for what key brian hayes provides a major league baseball team in you know the year 2023 so Atlanta Braves extension. <laughs> yeah, like I mean that's it's a, an extremely friendly contract for the Pirates. Um even if Hayes doesn't get better offensively, it's it's fine. Like you pay that much money for a three war hitter for for 8 years for a three war position player for 8 years and you're 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 good. But um yeah, like that like, like let's let's they keep saying this, right? We want Brian Reynolds in Pittsburgh. We want him we want to sign him to an extension, then let you know show it. Show it. If, if you want to show people that you're serious, sign O'Neill Cruz to an extension. Make O'Neill Cruz your largest contract ever given out or, or you know, your longest deal ever. Show people that you're serious about stuff. O'Neill Cruz is also another player that, like, people know around Major League Baseball. Everybody, Major League Baseball loves O'Neill Cruz. Yes. If the Pirates lock up O'Neill Cruz on a mega deal, people are going to notice it. Be like, oh, shit, look at what the Pirates are doing. That'll be the talk of MLB for how long? Yeah. I mean, think about how much wonder was, right? Tampa. Yeah. Like, make it happen. I know. I know. 
But again, like if anything, like the San Diego Padres are teaching us something. It's everything we just said. Like they're investing in the team. The fans are coming and now they're making even more money. Like they can do it. You can do it. We're not asking for $250 million. But going into this next window of contention for the Pirates, like this $100 million payroll, you know, that was like the talk. Like, will they break $100 million? That is nothing. Again, like the mindset of $100 million is nothing. So don't keep that in this time frame as well. Like if they're not around $150 million, like that's still pathetic. The Padres are spending $100 million on top of a $150 that we're, like, we're kind of asking for. Some type of level of investment that the Pirates could afford. If they were to go out here and sign, was it DK? Yeah, DK was like, what more do they have to do? Like, if they would sign Brian Reynolds, like, what more could you do this offseason? I get that. Like, this, this offseason, not a whole lot. But, like, if you sign after we're going to cut, you sign Reynolds. Like, I'm not saying this is Padres level, but this is the start to that. This is the start of bringing back some of that faith. Maybe some of the fans start coming. So that way next offseason comes. Maybe next maybe next offseason be realistic. It's the cruise extension or and then you make some other signings. And there's more like like get some fans back. You might you might be breaking even right now, or maybe there's a little bit of a profit because Brian Reynolds, you know, contract, like you said, get creative and pay more right now. Like you might not be making hand over fist this year like you normally would, but it's coming. Because the fans are coming, and you can do what the Padres did. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like it just like again, it makes good business sense. That's what a level of investment is. You're investing in Dead Club, and now they're getting returns. I agree. All right. We done. I think we're done. Pirates play Phillies today. They do. Home game, too, so I think it means it's on TV. Yeah. Yep, it's on AT&T Sportsnet, 105. So it's a 1 o'clock game. Um, I'm not sure if we're having a post game today. Seems probably doubtful. Yeah, it just depends on if uh, – if we can get people to do it, we can get people to do it. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. Tune in if we have a post game. If not – Catch you next time. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here then. Everyone, thanks for watching. Bye-bye. See you guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.